0: Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Michael Heim will share with us a challenging and encouraging message from the Word of God. It is our prayer as you listen to this message that it will draw you closer in your walk with God and give you strength to walk daily in His grace. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 50. A few years back, Isaiah chapter 50, where we're going to be at this morning, verse 10 and 11. Uh, But a few years back, I don't know, it might have been three or four, I'm really not sure. The older I get, the less my memory remembers. But anyway, we were all watching a movie in the house, and it's one of the scary movies. You know, and I'm not a real big scary movie fan. You know, Holly likes the scary things. I don't like the scary movies at all. But anyway, we were watching these movies, or this movie, and all of a sudden, Jason got terrified. And he was so scared that he got up from the couch and came over and sat at the feet of his mother. That's how scared he was. And here's, here's a guy big as I am, you know, and he's scared. And he comes over there, sits by his mom. The movie's over, so he has to go back to his room in the back. And, you know, that's a long hallway in the parsonage, and it's dark the whole way back there. And he says, Mom, can you, can you go turn the lights on for me? He was so scared, he didn't even want to walk to his bedroom in the dark, you know. He was so scared. He had a panic attack thought that ghost or goblin, that demon, was going to get him on the way over there. But who hasn't done that in your life? When you were a kid or whenever, you were afraid of the dark. And you wanted someone to turn the light on, or if you had the courage to run down the hallway, you would flip one on there at the beginning of the hallway, and you'd run down and flip the one on the other end, that way you had light all the time. There's just something about darkness that we don't like. And there's something about darkness that we always want someone else to be there with us in the midst of the darkness. And there's something about darkness that we always want to flip a light switch on. We don't like darkness. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, is that at my darkest, I want you to know that God is my light. And so we need to remember this great truth. Has there ever been times in your life that you have felt the world just closed in on you? That It comes to a point that where you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and yet you feel that God is silent to those prayers, that nothing goes your way, that any news that you get is only bad news, negative news, and you just come to the point in your life that you just want to give in, you just want to give up, because you're absolutely physically, emotionally given out. Has there ever been a time like that? Well, if so, you're not alone, because many of God's people feel this way. I have felt this way on many occasions. And so there's going to be times in our lives as God's children that we're going to have to serve God in the midst of darkness. There's going to be times that there's just going to be rough times in life. Difficult times and times that we can't see very far ahead, that we don't know what the future holds for us. And we just have to understand that life is filled with dark times, but we have to remember that life is filled with light times. There's times that there's going to be day as well. So this morning, let me start out by asking you these personal questions and you answer them to your own heart. Are you experiencing a time of darkness in your life this morning? And what I mean by that is, do you have a wayward child in your life? Whether they're young, teenage, old... And they're, and they're going their own direction and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying for them and you're just praying for them to come back home? Are you experiencing a financial reversal in, uh, from, in life because you lost your job or, or you changed jobs and the insurance is not there, the finances are not there? Has someone broken your heart, taken advantage of you, betrayed you, a friendship that has just devastated you? Are you going through marital difficulties this morning? You live in the same house, but you're not a couple. You don't speak to one another. You do your own thing. Are you having those difficult times? You know, sometimes it's going to be hard to make sense of what's going on in our lives. It's there in those seasons, and when we're not able to mentally grasp what's transpiring in our lives, that's when we truly need God the most. It's when we're in that darkness. You know, why does darkness come to a Christian who's in the light? Why? Isn't that the question as Christians that we ask the most in life is why? Why, God? Why did you take my loved one? Why did you do that? When we don't understand, when we don't see God's hand, is when we begin to question His goodness, we begin to question His sovereignty, and we begin to bring in these self-doubt questions. Why, God? Why did I have to lose my job? Why did my wife or husband have to cheat on me? Why did I get cancer? Why did you heal that person who doesn't deserve to be healed, and yet I have it, and you're not healing me? Why? We get to that point, don't we? And we grow frustrated. And we're scared. And we want to sit at the feet of mom. Or we want to sit at the feet of God. We want someone to take our hand and walk us through the darkness. To get us down that hallway called life. What happens when the lights go out in our life? You know, when we go to school, you always had these tests. The thing about school is you always learned your lessons. And then you took a test. But in life, it's just reversed, isn't it? God puts you to the test to see if you pass or fail. And then he teaches you the lessons. When these dark times come our way, what do we do? How do we respond? Do we fail the test? Do we pass the test? So this morning is a message of spiritual inspiration. It's a message of comfort. It's a message about in my darkness. I want you to know that God is your light. And so I want to teach us five lessons this morning that I think is going to help you. If you'll take these five truths and hold on to them, you'll get through the darkest of times in your life. And that's what we need because we live in dark times, don't we? We watch the news and boy, we just we can't get over how evil and dark our world is and we need a little bit of hope. So let me give you a little bit from the word of God. Number one, let's talk about those of greatest devotion may know the darkest darkness In other words, just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that you're exempt from the troubles of this life. You're going to go through them. Notice what in Isaiah chapter 50, let's read that together. Look at verse 10 with me. He says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. There's a lot to be said in that one little verse. And so the first lesson that we need to learn is is those that have great devotion, those who are faithful to God, those who are true servant, obeying and relying on God, may be the ones that go through the darkest of times in their life. We're not exempt from it. And here in our text, uh, Isaiah is talking about the faithful servant of the Lord. He's not talking about someone who's questioning God, who's given up on God. He's talking about someone who fears God, who loves God. He's talking about someone who is devoted to God. In fact, those that love God are most devoted to God and who fear Him the most. This person that Isaiah is writing about is a person who is a true servant of God. Yet, he's going through a very difficult, very dark time, but he obeys the voice of God. See, there's a distorted idea in life that we just sometimes think that when we become a Christian... It's all going to be roses and no thorns. We, we, why, why would God do that to me? Why would God put me through these hard times in my life? And that's when we question God. But you know, there's tens of thousands of Christians across the world who fear God and who love God, but yet they go through the most difficult times in their life every single day. And some of those Christians are us. Just this last year, it's been estimated that 100,000 Christians were martyred for their faith. Here's people serving God who are being beheaded in the Middle East. Why? They're faithful to God. Maybe God's given us the test before he gives us the lessons. If there's anyone in the Bible that you can think of who went through some dark times, it was the life of Job. But notice what Job said here in uh, Job chapter 19, verse 8. He says, He has blocked my way so I cannot pass. He has, res- he has shrouded my path in darkness. Here is a man who God Himself said, there is no one else like Him. He is a faithful man of God. But God gave him a test and allow the devil to come into his life and to bring utter darkness, to take away everything in his life except the one thing he probably wanted to be taken away, and that was his wife because she kept nagging him and nagging him to curse God and die. But yet... Satan took everything away, but yet notice what Job said. He has blocked my way so I cannot pass. He has shrouded my paths in darkness. Habakkuk put it like this. He said, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? And the greatest of all the prophets, John the Baptist, when he came in and announced the way of the Lord there in the beginning of the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 11, it even got to the point when he was in prison and fixing to be beheaded... And he sent his disciples to Jesus and he asked this question. Are you the one who's to come or should we expect someone else? Even John the Baptist had gotten to the point he's the cousin of the Lord because his life had come to the point of so much darkness. He was even questioning Christ too. So we're in good company, aren't we, with Job and Habakkuk and John the Baptist. They all go through these difficult times. We go through those times. They didn't understand what what was going on. They couldn't fully comprehend the bigger picture of what God was doing. And that's what we need to realize. Sometimes God brings us darkness and gives us tests to see if we're going to learn the lesson to to get us to the point to rely upon him, to understand that faithfulness does bring darkness. We can go out through all the great history uh, uh, giants of the faith and see that they've done things like this, you know? If you're in the darkness this morning, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It doesn't mean that you've sinned in your life. It could be that. But it could mean that you're just devoted to Christ. You're devoted to the faith. And God is simply bringing the darkness to you as a test to prepare you for something else. It could mean that God is working mightily in your life. So let us not judge people who go through darkness because God may be putting that darkness upon them. That's lesson number one. Just because you're faithful doesn't mean you're exempt from darkness. No, lesson number two, faith that is born in the light is often developed in the dark. It's just like the photographs, isn't it? You take film, you take a photograph, this is the old way of doing it, and you had to send it off. And when they, how they developed those photographs was they would put them in a dark room. And then that photograph would be, begin to develop and come out. When have you really grown? Think about this. As a Christian, when have you really grown? Was it when you were on the mountain peaks? Was it when everything was really good that you grew in your life? Listen, there's nothing that grows on a mountaintop. The only thing that grows on a mountaintop... Is, 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 is maybe some bacteria or something. There's nothing up there. It's just bearing. It's dry. And all you can see, you can see out pretty good ways. And it you know, feels good that you conquered a mountain. But there's nothing up there. The, the growth is in the valley. The beauty is in the valley. Not on the mountaintops. And it's in those dark times, it's in the hard times, is where we truly grow the most. Smooth sailing has never made a great sailor. It's through the difficult times. That God tests us and we learn. We don't learn in the light. We learn in the darkness. Now look at verse 10 with me at the very end of that. I want you to get two two ways that God develops our faith in the darkness. Number one, he tells us that we are to trust in the name of the Lord. Warren Wearsby said that we live by promises, not by explanations. See, when we get to the point in our darkness and we question God why, what we're asking is, God, give me an explanation. You owe it to me to tell me why you're doing this to me. No, God does not owe you anything. God owes you no explanation because God's trying to get you to a point away from the explanations and begin to trust just in Him. Not upon why, but just in Him. It's a difference. God doesn't owe us any explanation. We live by the promises of the word of God, not by the explanations of them. Just because it doesn't make sense to you and me, doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense to God. Just because it doesn't make sense to us right now, why at this time in my life, doesn't doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense in your life later. You'll understand later. No matter what happens, we have to continue to live according to verse 10. He tells us we have to live according to his word. In the tough times, in the dark times, we have to live in obedience to the word of God, trusting in his name. Trust is hard, isn't it? If you don't believe me, do this. Go get in your car today, take someone with you. Put a blindfold on and get behind the wheel and you have to drive down the road listening to every command that the person in the passenger seat is giving you. You can't do it. Because you, you naturally want to take over. You naturally want to take the blindfold off and do it for yourself because you don't trust the one telling you. It's the same way. In life, God says, I'm going to guide you. Trust in my name. Trust in my promises. I'm going to get you through there. But we don't trust in God many times. We take control to ourselves and we want to do it. I'll talk more about that in just a second. We've got to trust in the Lord, even though we don't understand why He's doing in our life or why He's doing it in our life. We've got to continue to to come to God's house, continue to serve. Because what, what happens when darkness comes? Our first thing that goes is our faith. We don't come to church anymore. We don't give anymore. We don't want to serve anymore. We don't want to run around Christians anymore. We don't want to listen to Christian music anymore. We don't want to have anything to do with God when we are in the darkness. But that's when God can really grow us. Faith that's born in the light, we have to remember is developed in the darkness. It's through those dark times. See, the promises of God are just as true in the darkness as they are in the light. Notice what he said secondly. The second step is not only just to trust in the name of the Lord, he said the second step is to rely on God. We we struggle with trust, we struggle with relying, because those two things take control out of our life. We like to be under. We like to be un, in, in control. We really do. And trust is scary, and relying upon God is scary, because when we rely on God, then that means that we're relying upon His promises, not upon His explanations. Faith doesn't question God why. Faith accepts and faith moves forward. See, sometimes in our life, that God just removes all the answers like Habakkuk. He just removes all the answers. And you don't understand what's going on, why why it's going on. You don't understand a single thing of what's happening. And God put that darkness in your life because He's he's trying to get you to the point to quit relying on yourself. Rely on me, He says. Rely on His God. Paul went through a very difficult time. And, And Paul said this. He said that, that uh, we despaired even life. It got so dark for Paul and his disciples when he was on his missionary journeys. that here is an apostle who wrote 13 books in the New Testament, who came to a point in his life that we despaired even of life. But he goes on, he says, "God did this so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Even Paul was relying on himself to some degree and god had to break paul and break the disciples to the point of total darkness to the point of despairing life until all they had was jesus christ and i think that's what god does god took a man named john bunyan who wrote the pilgrim's progress he did he wrote that book while he was in prison john the baptist i mean excuse me john the revelator john who wrote revelation was exiled on the on the island of patmos Paul, who wrote many of the New Testament books, was sitting in a prison, chained to a prison guard when he wrote the books. All they had was God. God wants to develop our faith. And a lot of times, developing your faith means He has to do it in the darkness. So He has to put us through these difficult times. The test of our character is not what we do in the day. The test of our character is what we do in in, in the night, in the darkness. Mother Teresa, before she passed away, said this, You will never know what that Jesus is all you need until all you have is Jesus. That's something that we need to remember. Because we have Jesus in our life, but you know what? We have our bank accounts, and we rely on those bank accounts, and we have our savings, and we have all these other things in our life, and we rely on those things. But what happens when you lose all that? I love Jesus, but I have my husband. But what happens if God takes your husband, and you're standing all alone in the world for the first time in your life, and you don't understand? Your soulmate is gone. Darkness has come upon you. Well, I rely on the Lord because I have my children. My children give me a sense of life. Mothers, right? But what happens when your children all grow up and they move away and get families of their own and they don't come and visit that often? And you're all alone now. What happens if you've been married for so many years and all of a sudden, there's a divorce? We rely. We are we quick we qu- to say we rely on God. But we'll never know that Jesus is all we need until all you have is Jesus. That's the second lesson. Faith that is born in the light is often developed in the darkness. Remember that. Lesson number three we can learn is that there are some things seen in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. Look at verse 3 and 4 with me. Isaiah said, I clothe the sky with darkness and make sackcloth its covering. The sovereign Lord has instructed, uh, uh, instructed me And excuse excuse me, has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like the one taught. Have you ever noticed that the stars come out at night? How many of us really value life? And you walk out at night and you look up at the heavenly. If you're not going out at night looking up at the heavens that God created, you're too busy, you're too self-indulged, you're too self-absorbed go out and enjoy life I was telling the deacons this morning uh, I saw a thing on Facebook that someone posted and it was a Francis Chan who was a preacher and he had this long white rope on stage and at the end of the rope he had just a little piece of red tape and he said that this rope is a timeline this rope is eternity this rope is, is all of life but that little red little section of tape that was about two inches long he says that's your life in comparison to eternity. And we're so focused on that one little piece of tape. 70, 80, 90 years is all we got. We're so focused on that right there. And he says, but look how much more is out there. Folks, life is not everything. Eternity is. We've got to start looking up and looking beyond other than my life. Our life is just a vapor, the scripture says. It's here and it's gone. I still remember, since school is starting, I use this illustration. I still remember walking in as a freshman in high school at Henderson High School, going to the corner little benches and sitting down and saying to myself, Wow, four long years of high school. I'm never going to make it. That was 34 years ago. And it's like yesterday, it's gone. We need to look at life. There's some things in life that we we can't see in the daytime. But you know the truth is about those stars? Those stars are there in the daytime as well. You just can't see them because of the light. The light hides what can be seen. And the only way to see it is to go out in the darkness and to see the glory of God. Those stars declare the glory of God. The heavenlies declare His handiwork. See, there are some treasures in life that God can't give you on the mountain peaks. He only can give them to you in the valleys. Times that you don't understand why. The timing, you don't understand why. But notice this. In the light, we can see what's near. But it's in the darkness, you can see what's far away. Put it this way. In the light, we can see more clearly. But in the darkness, we can see further away. We may think our brightest thoughts in the daytime, but we will think our deepest thoughts in the darkness. We may learn more about others in the daytime, but we're going to learn more about ourselves in the darkness. See, are there just some things that you cannot learn when things are good? It has to be in the darkness that we discover these things. When someone has gone through a dark period in their life, They're going to learn some truths that are going to remain with them for the rest of their lives. That kind of darkness teaches us to to rely on God, to trust in God, to a level that we've never known before. I am the man of God I am today. Look at me. You know me. I've been here for going on nine years as your pastor. You know me now. You know my weaknesses. You know my faults. I've shared with them from the pulpit what I go through, the struggles that I have, the darkness battles that I deal with. But but I am the man of God I am today. I am the father that I am today. I am the husband to my wife that I am today. Not because of the great things He has done, but because of the darkness He has developed my character with. It's through those difficult times that... God has made me who I am. That I've learned lessons that have remained with me for the rest of my life. So yes, sometimes we want to see what God's doing in the daytime, but yet God says, get out into the darkness. My heavens declare my glory. And if you never go out at night and look up, you'll never see my glory. Think about that for a second. Sometimes God's glory is revealed in our life in the darkness. Not in the the good times, but in the dark times. The fourth lesson we can learn, it's better to serve God in darkness than to stand in your own light. Remember I told you I was going to come back to that control thing here for a second? Now look at verse 11. Notice what God, Isaiah wrote this, but notice what God is speaking here. He says, But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches that you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. There's a powerful lesson here. What is God saying to us? God is telling us here that it's better to serve Him in the darkness than to stand and light your own fire. Have you ever gone through a financial darkness? I'll just use this one as an illustration because it's something we can all relate with. When we go through, when we have a lot of zeros in our savings account or we have a lot of zeros in our banking account, everything's good everything's good but when that banking account and you live check to check and then something happens something breaks down and you got an extra bill or you get cut your hours or you lose your job and and now you struggle to pay the bills the creditors are calling and everything else everybody can relate i don't think i'm the only one that has suffered this i think we all have in our time especially young marrieds go through this a lot but what's the first thing that we do Rather than hitting our knees and praying, saying, God, I know that you're sovereign. I know you know my needs before you ask of them. I know your promises tell me that you shall supply all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. I know that you know those things. I know that you told me that if I seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all the basic necessities of life, you will give to me. Rather than praying like that, what do we do? We go out. Maybe at first we question God. Why? God, I serve in your church, I give, I do all I can to you, and this is how you reward me? What kind of God are you? We might go that route, we might go this route, we may just come to the point in our life to where we begin to take a second job and we begin to work on weekends and we begin to work ourselves to the bone to make ends meet. But it seems like the harder we try to make ends meet, the further those ends just get being pulled apart. And we don't understand. Now that we do that, our worship ceases. We're no longer serving God. We no longer give because we feel like we can't give. And so God's completely out of our life. Our our worship to Him and and all the faithfulness to us that He's given us, we have cut Him out in the darkness. So no more serving, no more worshiping, no more giving, no more anything. Because why? Because we lit our own fire. We took control rather than depending and relying and trusting in God. We took control. And now we suffer a greater darkness. See, one of the most dangerous temptations are going to be when it's to try to light our own fire in the midst of the darkness. If, listen, if God has ordained the darkness in your life, if it's brought on by His doing, then don't be foolish and try to remove it. Don't light your own fire. Just trust in God that He's beside you, that He's holding your hand, He's going to walk you through it. Don't try to build your own fire. In other words, don't try to undo what God is trying to do. According to God here in Isaiah, verse 11, a man-made fire is deceptive. It's not a sure God to get you through life. You think that temporarily, that's going to do it. I'm going to work that other job. But in the end, what happened? It deceived you. Because now you don't have anything to do with God. You're not in church, you're not serving, you're not giving, you're not doing anything because you're working so hard to try to make ends meet, and you shut God out. That's what happens. That's what he's talking about. You'll lie down in torment because you're not seeking, you're not getting the satisfaction, the fulfillment. You're lighting your own fire. Lighting your own fire is like this. If I woke up in the middle of the night and I took a flashlight and I went to a sundial and I was trying to tell what time it is, it doesn't work. It's not going to happen. God sometimes delays His revealing to us what He's doing. And when that happens, it's just better to serve God than to, in the darkness than to stand in your own light. You all remember Abraham? Great father of the faith, the patriarch of our faith. God came to him one day when he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old and said to them, you're going to have a baby. And it's through your child that the nations of Israel are going to come about. Well, God delayed. You know, you know, if, if Those of you who are 90 years old, women, and God told you you're going to have a baby, what would you say? God, you've you got to be mistaken. The Bible says that she was, was barren and Abraham was dried up, the Scripture said. In other words, what God was saying was that it is a total impossibility physically for them to have a child. But what did Abraham do? Did Abraham wait on God? No, what Abraham did was lit his own fire. Rather than waiting on God to come to the point to open up the womb of his wife for them to have a child, he took it upon himself and went and got his maidservant, Hagar, and had a child with her. And his name became Ishmael. And all the trouble, all the pain, all the wars, everything that's going on to this day in the Middle East is because of Abraham lighting his own fire. And we suffer from it too. Because Ishmael became part of the Arab race, Jacob became Israel, and that's the Jewish race. And still to this day, because of Abraham lit his own fire, he took control of the situation rather than trusting in God. Folks, it's better to serve God in the darkness than to try to stand and light your own fire. Has darkness come to your life this morning? Are you going through darkness? Have you ever thought that God intentionally put it there? Ever thought about that? That doesn't make God a mean God. That doesn't make God unfair. Not at all. Now, if your darkness is a result of your sin, that's a different story. And so if you're in that darkness that God has placed upon your life, are you waiting on God to reveal what he's doing? And in the process, you're trusting and relying on him while you're waiting? Or are you trying to take control? You're trying to make the changes. Serve God in the darkness. Don't light your fire. Last lesson we can learn this morning to give us some encouragement is what he said in verse 4. Go back with me to verse 4. So if you feel that your sun has set, just wait. It's going to rise again, isn't it? doesn't matter how bad a day we have. sun always rises the next morning. Look what he said in verse 4. At the very end, he says, in the middle, he says, He wakens me by morning by morning. Wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. You know, sometimes in the darkness when we don't understand really what's going on in life, these are the lessons I've learned. I'm just sharing them with you. This is what pulls me through the dark times. It doesn't matter how bad a day we have. If you just give it just a little bit of time, the sun will rise. He wakens me morning by morning. Notice what Proverbs, I mean, Psalms 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Notice what this next verse here says in Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. There was a hymn that we sang about that. Revelation 22, verses 4 and 5. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. There's coming a day, folks, that we will not even we'll come out of our darkness and we won't even need light because the light of God truly shines through us. And we see it from His perspective. So a better day is coming is what the Word of God is trying to teach us. We just need to hold on. I remember somebody, there was an elderly lady one time, I believe it was, she was a colored lady, she says, uh, Pastor, she said, when you feel like you're getting to the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hang on. And it uh, makes sense. Just hang on. Light comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Yeah, God has a way of taking those the hurts that we have and turning them into hallelujahs. He has ways of taking our Calvaries and making them Easters. He has a way of making the night into the, dark, into the light, uh, the darkness into the light. And then you look back and you think, why did I ever doubt God? Why did I ever question God and what He's doing in my life? There's a better day for us as Christians. Think about it. Your life is just a little piece of red tape on a real long rope. Don't be concerned about the red tape. Be concerned about your eternity. You're going to live eternity. You're just going to live a few years on earth. That's the way that God made us. But for those of you that are here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you you don't have a hope. You can light your own fire. You can lay up for yourselves the best you can on this earth for, for ever, how long it is. And whatever you work for, you're going to leave it behind for the next people. But you have no hope, eternally speaking. So your best day is today. And if your best today is today and your day is darkness, then how dark will your eternity be without Christ, your light? But for those of us that are Christians, today is our worst day. Our life on earth is our worst time. And as soon as we pass from this life to the next, it's only glory. And that's for eternity. So you have a choice of which way you can do it. There's a day that each of us will stand as a child of God before the face of God. And we'll give an account of our lives. And just know this as I close out. When the lights go out, As a child of God, He is in your darkness. When I'm at my darkest, God is my light. So let me recap these points and I'll pray. Those with greatest devotion may know the darkest of times. Faith that's born in the light is often developed in the darkness. There are some things seen in the darkness that cannot be seen in the light. It's better to serve God in darkness than to stand in your own light. And if you feel your sun has set, just wait. It will rise again. I put that picture up there of Mary and our youth as they went up to Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. Look at the very end of that tunnel. Can you see it? What's at the end of that tunnel? There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Just hang on. But to get to the light, you've got to go through the darkness, right? Just hang on there, folks. A better day is coming. Let's pray. We hope you have enjoyed Pastor Michael's challenge from the Word of God. If you have any questions about today's message, you can reach us at 903-759-4196 or write to us. We'd love to hear from you at 117 South White Oak Road, White Oak, Texas, 75693. For more information about Pastor Michael or White Oak Baptist Church, please visit us on the web at www.wobaptist.org. Come back and visit us again. Until then, God bless.